0: Good morning, church. If you have your Bible, thank you, gentlemen. If you have your Bible, turn with me to the book of John. We'll be in chapter 14 today as we get started um, going through God's word. We'll also be in the book of Isaiah. If you just want to, if you've got multiple markers in your Bible, uh, at seminary, that's how you test holiness. Whoever has the most ribbons in their Bible, (laughs) that's a joke. If you're visiting with us today, that is not how we test holiness. Oh, and it it is good to be uh, together um, just preparing and working on what's coming up for the year. Uh, Last night, uh, even, just spent time just writing out uh, what's happening as, as we're going through. This year, my, my job today, as much as anything else, in communicating the word is to let you know um, that this is the year to where if, if you said, I want to live, give, and serve sacrificially, I want you to taste the incredible fruit of that, and our staff does as well. And so we've been preparing and planning and working towards that uh, together along the way. And even as I've been looking through the sermon um, this year, we're going to be going through the book of Romans. Uh, we'll, we'll do that, we'll make it through, oh, um, well, 50 chapters we'll touch the base at the end of the year of that but in the middle of that we'll also be walking through um uh, we will have our i told janet it's our pg like 13 song of solomon series coming up this summer we'll have children's church available during that sign so in that it'll be the the pg version of it um in fact if you ever get a pen and try to draw how solomon describes his beloved she's a weird looking person But um, we'll do some marriage stuff. We'll go through some family stuff. We're going to go through what it's like to be mom and dad and and singles, how God has called us in that. And so just really, you're going to see kind of a a reaction. God is, and that's as we walk through the book of Romans, going to be a lot about who God is. And then as we go through these topicals, it's going to be our response to, so he is worthy of this in my life. And so we're really gonna be looking back and forth uh, in those things uh, as we we go through it. Um, Sorry, men, the month of June is Song of Solomon. Some of you are unknown, we're like, Pastor, when are we gonna go through that? It's June, so don't go out, plan vacation for July. Um, So we'll be walking through that stuff as, as we walk through it. But even in that, I want to let you know. I was watching the slides come up this morning, uh, in in preparation for today. Um, we we have our men's and men's women's ministries are going to be kicking off. We're working on uh, retreats uh, for both ministries this year. But this week, our men's and women's Bible studies are starting back up on Wednesdays. Our ladies are going through Acts. Men, we're going to be going through, going through First and Second Samuel and the life of David. So you'll want to really check into that. Um, we're going to walk through it really carefully and slowly together, but really. Look at how those things apply to us uniquely. If you didn't know, men and women are different. So, what does that look like uniquely walking through the Word? Uh, and then on Fridays, we have a blended Bible study going up. None of these are life groups uh, starting up on the book of Luke. And so, just a lot of things going on that you can jump into if you don't have a time slot that works normally. Um, but here's what I want to tell you in light of all of those things we believe wholeheartedly that God has called us together to be a community, a body of believers. And I want to invite you. uh, Scott and I say these, these numbers to each other all the time, eight to 10 hours. What happens if you give eight to 10 hours a month to the community of Christ outside of of worship? What does that look like? And that is really what we're gonna be pouring into our life groups. We'll make other ways available, but in our life groups, we just wanna see eight to 10 hours of biblical community, biblical prayer, and biblical fellowship. How does that change the world? If you read the book of Acts, if you read the gospels, you will see that time in the community under Christ is how God. God put His plan into action, and so we're going to give you opportunities for that. We're going to let you know new ways to sign in, and all those kinds of things. It's it's really going to be fantastic. Um, It's not my exciting news, um, but I get to do a plug because if you, golly, do I love Pastor Omar? I just love. You can if you do love Pastor Omar. So, um, some of you are like, I'm not clapping for that. I'm not doing it. No, but. Um, we were talking at the end of last year, and we he works in songs throughout uh, each service, but uh, we're in the middle of planning a couple of nights of worship for the year, and our first night coming up in a few weeks, you'll get news about it, will be just a night where he leads us in some of the uh, songs of our faith, hymns and other things. And so um, I, I just love, I mean, that if you don't know Jana, our children's minister she's been working hard on this empowered families conference and um pastor scott is driving behind our um behind our small groups uh and then pastor mike is our glue he holds it all together uh he not only counsels our church family in their greatest times of need he counsels our pastoral staff as well and so i know now i feel like every we just blessed y'all um And and here's what I'm telling you. This year, if you have a desire to say, God, you're worthy of it all, live, give, and serve sacrificially, Um, my prayer is at the end of the year that no one in this room says, I just wish I could have tasted more of what God has planned for me. We just want to walk with you through that as much as possible. Uh, And our staff is all in, is committed to it. So it's going to be really good. I know I've got to preach a sermon, I'm just excited about what's going on. Um, these first three weeks, um, every series will start with the the pre- prefix un. Uh, I cheated on this one because it's understanding. Yeah, you like that? So as we talk through that, we're really going to be understanding. Understanding. Um, like the things that God has placed before all of us as believers. These aren't just unique. Sometimes we're going to talk about things that are unique to us, but others are talking about things that are um, for all of us. And today in John chapter 14, and next week we'll go backwards into John chapter 13, we're going to be really looking at what God has called us to do. And and I want to give you kind of the setup for this before we go into John uh, 14. We'll start in verse 12, which is after the part we read most often. Uh, most of the time we love the beginning of john chapter 14 it's so good uh jesus is telling us he's going to prepare a place for the disciples uh, you know he's telling us who he is and all these things he says i am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by me in verse six it's just a sweet lay down and it's sweet because we live on this side of the cross and the resurrection. But on the other side, when the disciples are hearing this, I wanna, I wanna paint the picture for you because I think that's when scripture becomes really real and not just a story that you read. But because on the other side of this, when Jesus was saying this, his disciples are like, we are following the Messiah. They have a picture of who it's gonna be. And he starts off this conversation sitting down with them saying, I'm leaving. I, I was not there. In that moment. So I can't tell you for sure. But if I was one of the inner circle of the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, the Messiah, and he says, I am leaving, it would have been hard to have heard anything else that came next. see, up to this point, God had prepared them and Christ had empowered them and he would, he'd, he'd taught them and he had sent them out and he brought them back and he had instructed them and he encouraged them and he was there. Every time they needed him, they just come and talk to Jesus and they had this front row seat. And what he said was, I'm not gonna be physically present with you anymore. Here's what I would liken it to. Um, if you have children... You can really, do that. it doesn't matter when, you, you could have had children 60 years ago. You, I bet you were here with me. Um, do you remember teaching your child how to write? Some of you parents are in this right now. Do you remember this? They had like your favorite tool was a piece of paper. It had, I think it's a red line at the top and a blue line at the bottom and that dotted line in the rem- middle. You have that? You remember that a little bit? And in it, when we learned to write our letters, like the first few letters were like dots, right? And do you remember what we did? What did we do? we traced those dots and it was a cheat because like the first three were there to help. But then they're like, oh, and you're feeling good. Like, oh, I can make an A, this is awesome. And then you're supposed to write eight more and you're totally lost. And so so I remember our kids going through that. And I remember, especially Christy was really fantastic with this. She would hold their hand. Do you remember doing this mom and dad? You hold their hand and you help them trace it so they could feel and have that muscle memory. And as long as your hand was on that pencil with them and the letters were just right, because when you, their hand pulls away from you, it's a great feeling. If you haven't gotten here yet, this is really fun. Your hand actually kind of just gently and lovingly helps them stay on the line. It's really neat. And then let me tell you what happens. Do you remember when you took your hand off of their hand and they had to do it by themselves? You know, what did look like this when you had helped them and they smiled at you? And then they said, I can do it, I can do it. And they did. (laughs) Right? It's so much harder when you're not holding my hand. I think that's how the disciples were feeling. Like you've been holding my hand this whole time. I'm not sure we can do this. Have you ever thought Jesus, it would be so much easier to live for you if you were just right here. That temptation wouldn't be so hard if you were just right here I would have said the right thing I would have gotten up early if you were just right here I think that's what the disciples were thinking about and then Jesus says some incredible words to them and in doing that Let's read verse 12 through 17, then we'll break it apart. We'll two to pieces together. If you've your Bible, verse 12 through 17, Luke chapter 14. <clears throat> the Bible says this. Truly, truly, this is Jesus talking. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. And greater thing, greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Verse 15, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father and he will give you a helper, another helper uh, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive. Because it neither sees him or knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Yeah, such a sweet passage of scripture. And and we... I think we have something that the disciples didn't have because we have this recorded. John is writing these notes down, whether right then or later on that night, and he begins to stew over them, and we've had these scripts for years to stew over. And here's what I want you to know when it comes to living in response to a God who is worth it all, is that your life in Christ is a continuing movement of faith. Your life in Christ is a continuing movement of faith. And and we're gonna break down how these few words of Christ remind us of that as they line up with all of scripture. But your life in Christ is not about a moment in your faith. It's not about a few things you do in your, it's about a continuing movement of your faith. And that's what we're gonna really focus on this year. Um, go back with me to verse twelve. We'll read verses twelve um, through fourteen, and we're just going to tear it apart for a few minutes, and uh, then we'll let the Spirit work on us the rest of the day. Uh, truly, truly, I say to you. First of all, I want you to know this. Um, this word, oh, right with the right side. This word in, in twenty 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 three. I'm working on my handwriting. Can you read that? Um, truly, truly, is where he starts. I say to you. The word truly here is the word Amen. All right? Just so that you'll know. That's that's the literal word. It's just amen and amen. And it means the same things. What Jesus is saying, so be it, so be it. What's about to come out of my mouth is certain. Right? He's saying, You can know with certainty. And so for us, when we say amen, someone thinks you just prayed. Right? So, so we have a word that's substituted in but what I want you to know is what Jesus is saying is this is true this is true listen close not up for debate not gonna happen a different way you can bank on what I'm about to say so amen and amen listen whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the father let's just pause right here so if we were to make this whole picture come into play this is what what I would say is Christian what Christ is saying is that you and the Messiah are in a relationship and in your relationship there's some action that is required of you to start and be a part of this ball first of all do you believe that's the first thing because if you don't believe in christ it doesn't matter what your thoughts or actions are you can't be so great that you earn your way in this year you cannot live and give and serve sacrificially to the glory of god if you don't believe that jesus christ is the son of god the king of kings and the lord of lords it 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 doesn't doesn't work god will use your sacrifice to his glory but you will not taste and see how good he is by just trying to let your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds. So first of all, he he tells his disciples, he reminds them, this is for certain. And what I love is, is, it's for whoever believes. It's for you disciples, but it's for you church as well. Whoever believes in me, the second part says, Will also do the works that I do. I I love this. This is where uh, imitation, not the fake kind, but the copying kind. He says, This is what I want from you. I want you to believe in me. And because you believe in me, I want you to imitate me, I want you to do what I do i want you to respond the way i respond i want you to be active the way that i am active all the things that disciples have seen him done all comes to life we could read the gospel and that would should be flashing through the mind of the disciples jesus took time away to pray and be with his father in the morning imitate me do the works that i do jesus saw people in need and helped Do the works that I do. Jesus prayed often, open, and loudly. Jesus read the scriptures and studied them. Jesus cared for me. Jesus, just saying, just do the things that I do. Our kids do this. I told this story this morning. Uh, Christy was uh, talking with a child uh, years and years and years ago. Um, And uh, she said, Well, what's your name? And the child told her her name. Um, And then Christy said, that's great. Can you spell it? And she said, oh, yes, I can. She said, oh, well, spell it for me. She said, (laughs) B-R-A-T. Christy said, wait, okay, one more. Tell me your name again. And she told her her name and it was not that. And she said, would you spell it for me? And she said, yes. B-R-A-T. Where did she learn that? She was imitating the person that she believed in. God worked a miracle, st- incredible stuff in their lives and their family. God is good. He would re- not only redeem that, but kicktail tail and took names for the kingdom. So I can tell it to you joyfully. But we know that there are people in our life that are looking at us and saying, you're a Christian, you're someone I believe in, you're someone I know, so I'm gonna want you to know how to live in Christ. What, what Christ is saying is, if you believe in me, then you will do the works that I do. This is not um, some like, I hope you do the works that I do. Jesus isn't begging like, y'all, I'm really needing some followers, my power is running out, so I'm really hoping I don't look stupid in front of that. That's not what Jesus What Jesus is saying is, if you believe in me, then you will do these things. And in that part Christian, if you do not do the works of Jesus Christ, that is rebellion. That's why to tell you to live, give, and serve sacrificially, that's not really the question. Like, we're all called to do that. How we do it looks different in every one of our lives. But Jesus is encouraging. And remember, He's told His disciples, I, I'm leaving, I'm going away. And He says, But here's encouragement. Life in me doesn't stop because I'm not here physically next to you. So if you believe in me, then you will do the works that I do. Now now catch a little bit further. It says, and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. We'll, we'll get to that greater works because it's super fun. But before we do that, let's just be practical for one moment. Here's what Jesus says. If you believe in me, church, then you're gonna do the things that I do. You're gonna imitate me. And if you're not sure how to imitate Christ, it's right here, right? It's just, there's start the gospels and have fun. If you say, pastor, that's not the whole Bible. It's not. But if you can master the gospels, I'm feeling good about you. But here's what he says, Christian. Believing in me and imitating me is tied to me. In the second part, he says, ask. And I will do. Here, here's the beauty of it. God's not telling you to believe in him so much and to imitate him so perfectly that you master it and bring him his report card at the end of your life. What he's saying is this. If this is true in your life, then whatever you ask, I'm gonna do. And I'm gonna be at work through you. Colossians 1.27 would say, something like this Christ in you the hope of glory it's him working in you and through you Romans emphasizes this again that all of this you might say but I've asked God a lot of things did you when you were asking God were you doing it in belief and imitation of Christ or were you just testing God to see if he worked as a genie of the day When you ask in line with the will of the King of Kings, God is not going to say, you know what, I know what you're asking for and I know it's in perfect alignment with what I have in store for you. I'm not going to do it. At best, that would mean that God is vengeful, spiteful, and mean. We have a God who's not changing yesterday, today, and forever. His will for you yesterday is still His will for you today. When you ask Father, your will be done, not mine, then we can trust that God's will is always gonna be done in your life. And the beauty of this big picture is is that all we're doing is being a relationship with Jesus Christ and saying, God, this is where you're leading me and Christ saying, that's what I'm gonna do in you. It is his will that you bear much fruit. So I can say with joy and certainty that by the end of this year, God's desire for you is to taste how incredible and to see how remarkable he is through the fruit he produces in your life. And that's gonna happen as you believe and you imitate Jesus Christ. the part of this we get stuck on all the time is pretty interesting, I'm a fan. Look in your Bible in verse 13, excuse me, verse 12. It says, and in me, you'll do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do greater works than these now i don't i don't know about you but this idea of doing greater works is a big thought right like note to self jesus raised people from the dead he took away the sin of the world he turned water in the wine he multiplied the loaves and the fish he cleansed the lepers of their disease we just go on and on when he was trying to, i mean here's the here, let me tell you something You are not going to outperform Jesus Christ. Y'all okay with that? It's just, (laughs) I just one-upped you, Lord. Like, that's silly. Here's fun. This word is the word megas. Okay? And here's what it means. It means loud, important. Well, there goes my handwriting for the year. And surprising. here's what Jesus is saying. You believe in me and you imitate me. And you're gonna be shocked in the best way about how I use you to make a big deal about my father in this place. You're gonna be shocked. Every time Jesus says this, he says, look in verse 13. Why do I do this? That the Father may be glorified. He is saying, you're gonna do, if you believe in me and you imitate me, When you ask me, I will do these things through your life and you are going to be shocked in a way that is not silent, that's obvious in your life at the things I do for the glory of God through your life and they won't be small. They will make a difference in one person, a thousand people's lives. They are gonna change the world for the kingdom of God because I am at work in you because I am the hope of glory. Come on. I, if I can experience this, I don't even know how I could live with the joy in my heart. Jesus says, greater things, make us. This is what he has. And he says to his disciples, this all happens because I am going to the father. Just in case you think our belief or our imitation like triggers a Jesus reaction. He says, all this started because I started it. Because I'm going to the Father, because I came, because I lived, because I died, because I rose again, and because I am ascending to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords at my right place in heaven. This is all possible. So don't get a big head about the loud, important, surprising things I do in your life. I do in this world. Stay humble because it's all through me. Gosh. Man, it's a new year. Let me, let me tell you something about the work. And I'm, I'm gonna skip ahead. If you're in our notes, we'll skip a little bit ahead. I think we have to be well, aware of the works that God is calling us to do. There's one point in time that that Christ bought salvation, if you believe in Jesus Christ, into your life. He is not calling you to re-experience that every day of your life. That would make small the work of Christ. If if Jesus' salvation was only good enough for you until you did something wrong again, like it expired, that would be not a great work but the salvation that Christ offers is continuing. So he's not asking you to do the works that led you to salvation over and over again. There's a moment in, in your life, and regretfully, we find ourselves there often. It's repentance. And we are called to repent often, but Jesus never like says, hey, look forward to the times when you repent. Why is that? Because he's not telling you to look forward to the times when you sin and stray away from him. So so the more we grow in christ we should be quicker to repent but the need for it should be on the decline does that make sense you don't walk around like slapping people so you can practice repenting right no children we don't do that because repentance should be on the decline in the christian's life so that means here look at verse 15 Verse 15 says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. There's, there's an obedience that Christ says, this is what should be multiplying in your life. In breaking it out, I love that verse 15 says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Um, I was reading and, and, and one, um, one author said it this way and I thought it was really good. What does life in Christ look like when we are being obedient out of love? And he said, well, it has to do with these three words, to know, to love, and to practice. If we don't know God, it isn't how much you love or what you practice, you're wasting your time. If you know God, but you don't love him or the world, You're one of those really angry people in life that isn't showing the joy of Christ. You're actually pushing people away. Pharisee is the word we would use, making people twice as much a son of hell as we are. If we know and love Christ, but we never practice following him, I would tell you, you probably don't really know him and you probably don't really love him. Because you can't say, I know you and I love you. I just don't want to do anything for you unless it's convenient for me. And so to love the Lord and to obey him means that you know him, love him, and you practice that. How do we live sacrificially? How do I imitate you? If you love me, keep my commandments. And then listen, keep going with me in your Bible. We'll wrap it up. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he dwells in you and will be in you. You see, what scripture lays out for us, church, is that you and I in Christ, because of who Jesus is, because of what he has done, has made living, giving, and serving sacrificially for him better than you could ever think, dream, or imagine. That, that you, regardless of where you've been or what you've done, Jesus takes care of where you've been with salvation. Right here in this moment, if you've never been here before, or maybe you have a hundred times and you've never thought about the declining need of repentance, right now you can say, God, I've been giving you lip service or I haven't been giving you the time of day. I've been saying, I believe in you, but it stopped. I haven't been imitating you and I surely haven't been asking you out of alignment with your will to work in and through my life. And so therefore I've seen no fruit because the roots weren't in the ground. And so right now you can say, God, I repent. I've been playing a game, I've been doing it for show. I got caught up in a loveless obedience, an ignorant obedience. I just love you, but I don't know you. Or maybe health, mental block, church hurt. You have not been practicing your love and knowledge of your savior right here. God, I repent. So I love you and I want to obey you. Now here's what scripture says. If you love me, if you keep my commandments, and I'll ask the father and he'll send you another helper and he'll be with you forever. He's the Spirit of Truth. And the beauty of all of this, and Jesus makes sure the disciples hear it, as He says, "I'm going away, and I will come back. And you may think that you'll be alone. You're not. In fact, it's better and sweeter than you can think." And there'll be a day when I return. He says, if I go prepare a place for you, then I'm gonna make sure you get to where I am. But until that time, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Just in a little while, you'll have the help of the Holy Spirit. So I don't know how you have started any other year in your past. But here's what I can promise you only because the word says it. This year can be the beginning of something you have never experienced. A fruitful harvest in Christ that you have never known and I don't care what your age is, how your health is or how much is in your pocketbook. Because it has nothing to do with those things. Do you believe that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life and that no one comes to the Father except through him? Then do the works and don't stop doing the works. So while you wait for Jesus to return, you work hard for the Lord in every moment. Paul says, don't get weary of doing good because you want to reap the harvest. Let's pray. Father God, we love you so much. Just the excitement God the reality of this passage as we prepare for the year we are waiting for the return of our Lord and Savior Lord I, I long to see you face to face and to live in the reward of my King and in His presence God while we are waiting for you Lord, let us be about the work that you have set us on. The world is gonna invite us to a different work because it does not know you. It does not know your spirit. And we can get caught up in the systems of this place. Lord, if we have in this moment, God, I pray that people would repent. And if we have not, God, keep us leaning on you. Lord, we want to see harvest after harvest until the king of the harvest returns. And selfishly, I want your promise. I want the joy of seeing the truth of your word happen in my life that you would allow me to be a part of surprisingly important, unmissable works that bring the Father glory. And so in the name of the one who made the promise, Jesus Christ, I pray, amen.